Hey, this is Mark Grace tonight. I hope you'll join me and my good friend, Kirk Cameron, for a wonderful simulcast to be held February 18th. It's called Engage, Equipping and Empowering Parents to Raise Teens in a Contrary Culture. This is a special event that can change the trajectory of your family. It could bring hope to the hopeless. It can change the destiny of your family. It can re-engage you to your teens. And it can help you put some new tools in your parenting toolbox. I hope you'll join us for Engage on February 18th. And you can find out more about Engage at Engage23.com. That's Engage23.com. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a personal devotional to help you as you walk through life with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. So people ask me all the time, when does loss really happen? Well, let me tell you, it happens when a child realizes it. You know, I never knew that I had skinny legs until somebody called me chicken legs. Um, I never knew my nose was big until a comment was made during my seventh grade year. And I hardly knew that I spent years not being able to read a blackboard until I put on a pair of glasses when I was about 14. And, you know, I never thought I had any losses from my dad until I had my own son and began to wonder why my dad never spent any time with me. My wife, Jan, never realized that her normal really was not normal until somebody told her that she should tell her mom. It comes up at different times. I'm going to tell you about a story uh, by a kid named Brendan, who's a, who's a dear, dear kid, but he lost his dad in the World Trade Center disaster on September 11th. He was so young at the time, he still thought in concrete terms like most kids do early on. He realized his dad was gone and adjustments had to be made and, and concrete needs, you know, and under, which were understandable, had to be met around his home. And he was now the man of the household. Chores had to be done. The dog needed a new caretaker. And mommy would take over some of dad's jobs. When Brendan turned 14, he, his thinking shifted from concrete thinking to abstract thinking, and he slowly realized that dad would never see him play basketball, would not be there when he got his driver's license, and, and wouldn't attend his high school graduation or drop him off at college. His dad would never be at his wedding, uh, or someday uh, not hold his children. And as Brenda's awareness blossomed, so did inappropriate ways of handling the pain he began feeling. And his behavior eventually landed him at Heartlight. So where was the loss? It happened on 9-11. It continued to play out as Brendan grew up without a dad. It happened all over again when adolescence caused Brendan to look at the tragedy with new understanding of a maturing abstract intellect. His behaviors tried to fill the new voids he felt in his life, but it really wouldn't change until mentors helped Brendan recognize and face and deal with the losses that he was experiencing. 
So they happen much later. It's when they become real. You know, and people respond differently to losses. Uh, a loss-free childhood is not an indicator of good parenting, nor is a loss-riddled childhood necessarily a sign of anybody being a, a terrible parent. You know, that bumper sticker that says stuff happens could just as easily be that loss happens. It's inevitable at some point that human beings will experience loss in their life. And wise parents understand their own losses and how those losses affected or still affect them. Then they're able to more easily recognize loss in their children and move toward them in difficult times. Most kids try to tell you that losses aren't that big of a deal. I've had kids tell me that, you know, I, I think it was best for my dad to die. Um, that's not really that big of a deal. They minimize it hoping to minimize the pain they feel from it. You know, I have to break the news of a family member's death to kids sometimes and and uh, see them respond, and they say this, well, I really didn't know her that well anyway, or it's no big deal. I'm okay. I'm fine. I tell you what, don't believe it. I encourage you to give your children the freedom to respond to the hurt of any loss. They need to let off some emotional steam. And that doesn't mean you allow a cavalcade of emotions to control your children and destroy your home. You just give children permission to become undone once in a while. As they express their pain, try to move toward them relationally rather than moving away from them. When children see their losses, who knows when that is? Maybe not for years. A young girl may realize her loss when she sees all the other girls and their dads and realize she doesn't have one to hang out with her, or a boy tried out for basketball team may feel the loss of being cut as he sits in the stands and watches the team practice for a game. If you didn't experience, you know, close relationships with one or both of your parents, you may feel a sense of loss if you have a great relationship with your son or daughter, or if your parents are better grandparents than they were parents the good times you have with your child may cause you to grieve what could have been with your own folks. I feel the loss of four kids who were dear to me whenever I hear the names Caroline or Todd or Cindy or Darren. My wife remembers um, her loss whenever she smells Old Spice aftershave. Memories of losses can pop up any time and in any place. They can be triggered by anything, and some of the behavior we see from young people can be their way of avoiding or filling the void created by those losses. Losses are funny, you know, and it's it's amazing to me how they motivate behavior. But at the core of most inappropriate behavior, what I see are kids that um, are trying to fill something that something else isn't filling. It's very difficult for a young person who is still having concrete thinking to allow something abstract of a concept of God to fill a void that they feel needs to be filled with something concrete. Are you following me? And, and, and what I mean by this is this. Kids think concretely until they're 12 or 13 years of age. And so they want something concrete to fill the emptiness in their heart and their mind because they're still in concrete thinking. But when they move to abstract, then sometimes they have a very difficult time thinking that that hole 
that feels like it's a concrete whole can be filled with something that's abstract. And so, so it's, it, it's just beginning to understand perhaps how kids go through the difficulty of filling the loss. And when you understand that a lot of their drive is to fill voids, then you know what you need to be doing and helping them with, as opposed to just controlling their behavior all the time. The impact of loss is, is, is amazing to me. Understanding loss doesn't give you all the answers to inappropriate and potentially dangerous behavior, but it does provide an opportunity to try a different approach toward your child, even if they don't understand their loss. And as we've seen, your child's behavior is not really the issue. It's just an indicator of the struggle that lies beneath the surface. And as you gently you know, probe your child's losses, you may stir the pain in your own losses. You know, your response to loss may create some behavior patterns in you that cause some negative reactions from your spouse or kids. But it's never too late to look at the log in your own eye. Introspection and reflection are acts of wisdom. In fact, in order to deal with a child's losses, I, I believe that parents need to understand the impact of loss in their own lives. Uh, you can't see it in others if you can't see it in yourself. And I suggest you find someone to talk to or you consider uh, sitting down with a concerned pastor. Look for a women's or men's group to meet with a small group. You know, talk with that friend over coffee somewhere. Sit down and talk to your child the same way. Keep looking until you can find someone you can talk to about the things in your past that might need some attention. Loss is big in all of our lives. And if you spend your time searching and, and trying to understand the damage in your life, you might discover why certain people respond negatively toward you in certain situations. You know, it's, it's like this. I was always told I was wrong growing up. And so I developed a mentality that I was going to be perfect. I even memorized the scripture, Matthew 5, 48, that says, be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And, and, and so I, I was going to be perfect. So all through high school and junior high, to be perfect, I lied about stuff all the time. And then I wondered why people didn't want to be around me at times. I was applauded for all the neat things that I did, but people didn't want to be around me because it's hard being around somebody who's perfect. And what I found was is that, is that my dad was controlling my life, and I didn't really realize it. And then I began to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm not made this way. This wasn't the point of, of my life, is to be controlled by my dad. And when you begin to understand that, you may begin to understand what your child is going through. You know, perhaps the damage in your life is getting in the way of your relationship with your child. You know, it, it, for me, I wanted a perfect child. I wanted a perfect house and perfect home. And, and the way my dad was controlling me, you know, years and years and years later, it was becoming a problem with my own family because that drive to be perfect was demanding that they be perfect, which really wasn't needed and it really wasn't even possible. You know, maybe you transfer the damage in your life to your child. And if either of these are true, then let me encourage you to take steps to heal those things. You know, my losses impacted my thinking, my behavior, my expectations. Um, but I did not know it until somebody showed me the truth. I avoided facing the damage 
done to me in my life. And without other people's help, I would have never have seen it or known it existed, let alone faced it and, and been healed from it. Um, and I just know that people respond to losses in different ways. But the place to connect um, is always the same. You start where people hurt. For instance, the teens who live with us at Heartlight probably can't tell you about their losses, but they sure can tell you where they hurt. So we start by helping these kids through their pain in a setting where we can control their behavior. And that environment then gives us a chance to reflect on the damage done to them. And as a result, they realize how loss plays a big part in their life. I can tell you this, that most kids who experience loss feel like damaged goods. And they may spend the rest of their lives trying to feel whole again, but their self-value is diminished. They use selfishness to try to compensate for the loss. They don't know what a healthy life looks like, and this makes them angry and confused. They begin to behave in ways that bring false and temporary value. These kids begin the process of a slow death because they're driven by self-centered motives to preserve what they have and and regain what they've lost. Avoidance becomes a high priority, and a facade of confidence cloaks their pain and hurt. I can tell you this. These are tough days for teens. But they are also the best days to offer a message, a relationship, some wisdom, and perhaps a taste of something beyond themselves. Something that might touch their hearts so that they catch a glimpse of a greater one who loves them more than they could ever imagine. You know, losses um, can keep us from what God intends for us or prevent us from fulfilling our real purpose or hinder our movement toward becoming the people God desires us to be. But dealing with loss can consume us and take so much of our time we never become what we were intended to be. Or loss can move us toward Him, toward our healing, toward light, toward our true value and purpose. And this happens best when someone guides us out of the darkness. And this is what you can do for your child. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm convinced of this, that God has a plan and direction for each of our lives, and losses can cause a detour. They can move us away from His intent, His preparation, and His purpose. And no wonder so many people are so frustrated in life and teens are so mad. My wife was not created for her grandfather's abuse or enjoyment. Young men are not supposed to grow up wondering whether they have more fat than brains. We were not made for any of this. And that's why it's so important to understand that losses that your child might be experiencing and to use that understanding to change your child's mindset and behavior. Because otherwise, your child will carry this baggage of life losses well into his adult years, just like maybe you and I have done. Pain and hardship will plague her for a lifetime. Or you can seek healing for your losses in your children's You can understand the real reasons for their behavior and forge a bond of love and empathy as you work through both of your losses together. And that kind of effort 
can break the chains of loss and create a healthy environment in which both of you walk in joy, fulfilling your passions and purpose, and serving the God who loves you. Isn't it funny how losses play a part in our life? Because they can change the direction, and we've all got them. We all have hurts. We all have difficulties. We all have hardships. And it affects us all differently. So it's really being sensitive to those things and looking to the intent of a child's heart that they're trying to express through behavior, but looking beyond that and saying, I want to dig deeper and find out what's motivating the behavior of my child so that I can better understand how to offer them guidance and direction in the time that they need me the most. Hey, let me quote you a a scripture from uh, Psalms 139. And I know you've heard it. It says this, I'll give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it well. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.